0: Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Zamprin. Should you get your fourth COVID vaccine now or later? The beer is going to be flowing in Hamilton's Pier 4 Park. We have travel tips for anyone hopping on a plane. A Hamilton high schooler is ready to conquer the world. NHL free agency opens with a bang and Tiger hopes to roar at the 150th Open Championship. The GMH podcast starts now.
1: This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML.
0: Dr. Moore yesterday announcing that uh, Ontario is expanding, as of this morning, access to the fourth COVID vaccine or the second booster shot to all adults over 18, as we know the previous uh, fourth doses were only available for those who were immunocompromised, uh, those aged 60 and older, the indigenous population as well. But in, uh, well, a 10 minutes' time, everyone over the age of 18 can go onto the provincial portal. Don't all rush at once and book their vaccine appointments. So he Butt is an assistant professor in the School of Public Health and Health Systems at the University of Waterloo and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Mr. Butt, how are you today? Good how are you? Not too bad. So we heard from uh, Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Kieran Moore, the province's top doctor, who says that some people may want to wait for a new shot that's expected to better target Omicron variants. W- what is the recommendation here? He's saying, "Hey, the the, the gates open, but you might want to wait a while."
2: It depends on on the risk uh, assessment. So, according to their risk assessment, people who don't have underlying, um, you know, health conditions or uh, you know other uh, conditions that make them at high risk of getting the disease for them you know it's they are saying that it's good that they can wait for the uh, for the new COVID shot that that's probably going to come in in the fall and get that so they don't need to get the food booster now so that's the uh, uh, current messaging.
0: At the end of the day you know this virus is always mutating and these mutations make vaccine development I would imagine really hard right?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. And what we probably would need in the future is to look at all the variants that are there and then design a vaccine that they, that can take it, take into account all these vaccines and create a vaccine so that you get protected with all the variants. So it's kind of probably kind of going to be like the flu vaccine where you have all these different strains in a, in one vaccine and you give that every year. So that's what would be the future of uh, this pandemic? Uh,
0: I was going to ask you about the flu vaccine and how uh, yeah. close it would be to that development. Yeah. As we know, the flu vaccine is nowhere near you know, 80 or 90 percent effective, which the first couple of doses for the COVID-19 vaccine yes. were. Yes. Uh, I- yes. Is that scary? Could it be scary that we could be in the 50 or 60 percentile?
2: So it could be that, uh, you know, you design a vaccine that takes into account these uh, variants, and in case you want to boost the immunity from the from that vaccine, you could actually have another vaccine during the year that would boost your immunity. If you find that the the first vaccine doesn't give you that much of immunity or gives 50 to 60 percent. So that could be done as well in the future. Uh, and we'll have to see like when, once the new Omicron uh, specific vaccine comes in, we'll have to look at. Uh, the immunity that it gives to the people and then decide on what we, we would need to do in the future.
0: Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Zahid Butts. He's an assistant professor in the School of Public Health and Health Systems at the University of Waterloo. We're chatting about the fourth COVID vaccine or the second booster shot, if you will, which will be available as of eight this morning to all adults over the age of 18. Do you get the sense, does your gut tell you that most people are probably going to wait till the fall?
2: well you know we are aiming so the uh, the main, what we need to do now is to get the first booster dose in so uh, i think uh, it's around 57% of people who have got it, uh, the first booster dose so the aim now is to get get most of the population the third dose first uh, the first booster dose so increase that coverage and then you go for the for the second booster dose and i don't really i would suggest i would recommend that people get the first booster dose and then depending on whether you have underlying conditions go for the fourth booster dose so and and then for people who don't have these for, for uh, underlying health conditions those who are healthy they can uh, they can wait for when the new uh you could say the, the omicron specific booster comes in. I would also recommend people that they should still wear masks in crowded settings because, as you know, the virus is still there. And the numbers that we the cases that we are getting are an estimate because we don't have that uh, universal PCR testing. You
0: mentioned the uptake of the third shot or the first booster. Now that the second booster is available, uh, I'm not too confident it's going to hit even 50 percent. What do you think?
2: Uh, I hope it hits fifty percent. I hope it's it's <laughs> yeah. more because you know what we have seen consistently Rick is that all these vaccines, uh, whether it's the primary series or it's the booster doses, they protect against severe disease, hospitalization and death and and that's good because we we don't want people to end up in the hospital. We don't want people to get severe disease. So that's what these vaccines has have been really good at doing.
0: Well, I will definitely be getting my second booster, fourth shot, and uh, looking forward to doing that and keeping not only myself safe, but coworkers, family members, and that's uh, what we all should be doing. Uh, Zahid, really appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. That is Zahid Butt, assistant professor in the School of Public Health and Health Systems at the University of Waterloo, fourth COVID vaccine Uh, Hashtag second booster is available as of eight this morning. So in about four minutes, to be exact, Um, the uptake on the third shot or that first booster, which was really initially geared toward Omicron, right? Omicron erupted in December ish, November slash December. And we were all lining up in January and February to get this Omicron targeted variant. Now that it is mutated again, here is the latest uh, COVID vaccine shot and so listen if you've gotten three already i encourage you to get number four if you're still stuck on two you might want to do you know your homework your research talk to family and friends and um get in line whether it's virtually or physically, at the end of the day.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Time now for our Summer cruising Series. This is a summer-long event. Each and every week we are focusing on the biggest, the best events in town, and this week's focus is on Because Beer, which returns to Pier 4 Park. And joining us now is Tim Potasek, the co-owner of Sonic Onion Records, Super Supercall Productions, Because Beer Festival. Tim, good morning. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It must feel good to be back.
3: Oh, my God. You have no idea. Go <laughs> off. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite a slog for the last couple of years, like, planning and replanning and moving and shifting and now we're finally executing again and it, it really feels great
0: because beer kicks off tomorrow it continues uh on saturday 4 p.m to midnight what are visitors going to see
3: uh you know it's uh a you're at pier four park in hamilton which is fantastically beautiful the great setting for the beer festival uh, hundreds of beers to sample obviously you're not going to get through them all but you can choose your faves and, and, try a bunch of different new things. Um, and, uh, we have incredible bands all weekend. Uh, Friday, we have a couple cover bands, uh, born in the eighties who are a staple for us. We work with them all the time. Also Dwayne Gretzky also becoming a staple. Uh, so to like just an incredible dance party on Friday. Um, we've got yoga, we've got free pinball and video games that you can play all night long um yeah it's just uh, it's a super fun good time
0: yeah there's also some stand-up comics uh, there's lots of foods to enjoy as well uh, when it comes back to the beer uh, have you been sampling some of the uh, you know fashionable items that beer brewers uh, have have concocted over the years and have you grown to love new beers and i'm sure uh, you know other people are in the same boat Well,
3: I certainly partake in my fair shares of beers. Um, (laughs) Not at the festival, unfortunately, so it is a major bummer. When you're an event organizer, you can't partake, but uh, you can get to meet all the great people that, you know, work for these breweries and run these breweries, and we've made a lot of great friends, and along the way, sampled literally uh, hundreds of different beers, so uh, it is really exciting to sort of be in this space, and get to know the people that are doing it they're very it's a it's really cool because it's very creative and you know i'm in music and all the people i work with are creative but this is creative on a different level with uh you know with food and pairings and and different, uh, you know, different types of flavors. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun.
0: Good morning, Hamilton. Uh, summer cruising series focusing on because beer, the festival returns to pier four park this weekend, both tomorrow and on Saturday. We're speaking with Tim Potasic, co-owner of Sonya uh, Sonic onion records and Supercrawl productions. And of course the because beer festival, when's the best time to go?
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know, Things kick off pretty quick. We open the gates at four, and the brewers are ready. Um, If you really, you know, if you want to avoid... there are definitely a couple of brewers that get big lineups because they're very popular. Right. Um, so if you want to avoid, you know, the lineups, get in early, taste the things that, you know, you know, are going to be have the popular lines at them. You can get that done, checked off your bucket list, and then move on to other things. Enjoy some music. Enjoy the beautiful weather that we're going to have this weekend. Um, so I always advocate to come, you know, come early because uh, there's really lots to do. And it's also just an, it's a great hang, um, and there's lots of space, and you know it's just uh, it's a fun time with friends. So uh, avoid the lines, I guess, if you come early, you avoid some of that.
0: Yeah, go early, stay late. And another message that we should convey is drive responsibly, plan ahead, have a designated driver, uh, take Go Transit if you're coming in from out of town, grab an Uber. Uh, we want people to be safe as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely, walk um you know it's a very walkable it's a very walkable moment we have that waterfront is you know one of the best waterfronts i think in in canada so um enjoy it and uh yeah take a nice walk home sober up a little bit i do it all the time
0: (laughs) tim appreciate the time good luck with because beer should be a lot of fun
3: cheers thank you so much
0: Tim Podacek is the co-owner of Sonic Onion Records, Super Crawl Productions, Because Beer Festival, and a host of other things that he is involved with. Because Beer, back at Pier 4 Park tomorrow. All the fun kicks off at 4, same time on Saturday, and it goes all the way up until midnight. Beer, music, comedy, food, retro arcade, and, uh, and Pier 4 Park as well. Lots to see and do.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Maybe this is a good time for you to be playing. Planning a trip. Do you have some time off coming up this summer? Are you on vacation right now wondering, hmm, what should I do? Got a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks over the summer to do something fun? Well, as you know, airports really around the world, including here in Canada, experiencing delays on a number of fronts here, there, and everywhere, from baggage to cancellations or postponements or rescheduling. The list goes on and on. Well, here to help is the CAA. Yeah, it's out with a list of travel tips before you hop on a plane. Our next guest here on GMH on 900 CHML, Nadia Matos, communications manager with the CAA, South Central Ontario. Nadia, good morning. How are you today?
4: Good morning, Rick. I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. You guys have a list, a top ten list of things that travelers should be doing. Let's start with item number one, and that is basically expect the unexpected.
4: Absolutely. I mean, we are hearing so many different uh, travelers right now that are experiencing itinerary changes. And so just going into this, knowing that things are going to be changing and keeping that kind of flexible kind of mindset, um, you know, you should really subscribe to airlines text messages so that you'll be notified. And of course, we always recommend working with a travel agent because they'll be able to help you on the ground kind of navigate what things are changing in real time. So expecting the unexpected, but doing that little bit of due diligence before you go out the door is going to be critical.
0: Yeah. Contacting a travel agent is way easier than contacting an airline because it usually, the latter usually doesn't connect you to a live person.
4: It, it, you just, you know, there are all sorts of different situations. Like you, you get a 1-800 number and you're waiting online. And so you're not really getting the information that you need. And um, You know, with the current travel conditions right now and everything that's happening, it's, it's really great to be able to have someone that a trusted professional that you can rely on uh, that can help you kind of navigate. What does this mean and what are the regulations here and what are the travel requirements in this country? They really do help to navigate that stuff. Otherwise, you're kind of left on your own. Um, And that may be okay. You may feel confident to be able to do that. Um, And so uh, just making yourself aware that things are changing quickly and rapidly, and so you just need to be aware of that.
0: Number two on the list of travel tips before you step onto a plane from the CAA, South Central Ontario, all has to do with luggage, because we have seen and heard horror stories.
4: Yes, if you can, consider packing the carry-on instead of checking luggage. Not always possible if you're going for an extended trip, uh, like, for example, I just went to Europe not too long ago and, you know, I needed to have a big luggage with me. But in my carry on, um, I did make sure that I had a change of clothes, you know, my uh, hygiene essentials, any kind of medications or vitamins that I was taking with me um, and a change of clothes. And I always bring my bathing suit, too, because sometimes you just want to go for a nice you know, swim or into the the sea or the ocean or the pool or wherever you're staying at, if that's of access to you. And so you never want to be sitting, I don't have a bathing suit. I can't find one in my size or one that I like or, you know, I don't have my important documentation or medication. So consider packing a carry-on if, uh, at the very least, if you can't, making sure that your essentials are with you in your carry-on.
0: Third travel tip from the CAA is get to the airport uh, early, way early.
4: And if nothing else, it just makes sure that you're there and that you're relaxed and that you're going through, you know, customs or the security line with plenty of time. Because the old standby of being at the airport just one hour before for domestic flights or two hours before international flights, we've all heard that before, people kind of rushing in. That doesn't really apply. There are long lineups everywhere. And so we recommending at least two hours before domestic flights and three hours before international flights. In fact, uh, when I went to Europe, Rick, I did about three and a half hours, just so I know that I could, like, park and be situated and go to the bathroom and do all those things that you want just so you can relax into your trip instead of rushing.
0: Nadia Matzos is our guest here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Nadia is with the CAA of South Central Ontario talking about travel tips before you hop onto a plane. Number four is make sure all your, all your paperwork is in order.
4: And especially now that we're hearing about, you know, all these very long lineups at passport offices, I just had some friends who are going to, they went to Europe yesterday, and they just realized on Sunday that uh, their kids' paperwork was not up to order. That causes so much undue stress, and uh, there are lots of people who are doing their diligence and planning ahead and getting, you know, their stuff done with a passport office ahead of time, but they're kind of finding themselves Uh, you know, in these long lineups, that's just going to happen because that's our current uh, situation. So whatever you can do uh, to make sure that your documentation is in order, like, you know, passport should be valid at least six months after your travel date, but this is required in many different countries is going to be key.
0: Number five, all has to do with travel insurance.
4: Yeah, and it's a travel insurance not just for emergency medical situations. You really want to make sure that you have at least $5 million in coverage because things can, you know, uh, accumulate before you know it. But also understanding your entitlements for situations like if you're denied boarding on the plane because you've tested positive. Uh, If there is a trip cancellation, if you decide to to cancel the the trip for whatever reason, if there are delays, if your luggage is covered or not, it's really understanding that.
0: Um, This is an interesting one. Book your car rentals months in advance.
4: Yeah, even before... Uh, you know, the spring kind of came around and now we're in the midsummer. There was already a shortage of vehicles uh, when it, in the rental space. And so, some rental agencies, particularly in the east and west coast, are even not allowing vehicles to be rented in one city and dropping them off in another. So, it's important to uh, really do that homework ahead of time. And if you can, Pack that stuff with lots of extra time. And, um, you know, again, we recommend working with a travel agent to help you kind of navigate what's the timelines that I need to, like, book a, a car rental, let's say, on the East Coast right now.
0: Other tips include uh, bookmarking websites like the CAA, Global Affairs Canada, staying connected with your travel service provider, be patient and kind, which is easier said than done uh, more often than not. And in 30 seconds, COVID-19 still a factor.
4: It is still a factor. You are still having to put your documentation into a Rive Canada website. You are still having to prove to many different countries that your vaccines are valid or that you have a negative test. And so it's really important to uh, the pandemic's not over to ensure that, you know, COVID-19 is still a top priority when you're traveling.
0: Great tips from Nadia Matzos from the CAA South Central Ontario. Nadia, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Rick. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Pretty cool story, and it's happening right here in Hamilton. That's because a high school grappler, a wrestler, who uh, recently committed to the University of Michigan, is now getting set to compete next month in the World Championships in Bulgaria. Amon Gulacha is a two-time Pan Am Games bronze medalist. He's a member of the under-20 Canadian wrestling national team and is a student at Hillfield Strathallan College and now a guest for the first time here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900CHML. Amon, good morning. How are you?
5: Hey, Rick. Uh, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm not too bad. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, so you're off to bigger and better things with the World Championships coming up. Before we get to that... How did you get involved in wrestling? What was the allure for you?
5: Um, so basically, started off with my dad, and uh, he wrestled when he was in India. And, uh, you know, he carried it on to me, and uh, I just fell in love with the sport.
0: So was he a big-time wrestler? Like, was he competing internationally at World Championships, Pan Am Games?
5: Uh, no, he never made it to that level. He, You know, he did at the high school level um, when he came over, and, uh, you know, It, it, you know, he couldn't continue with it, but uh, he made it his goal to make sure that I surpassed him. And uh, I think uh, we're on that track right now.
0: Yeah, mission accomplished, I would say. So, what did you learn? What did you learn from uh, your dad?
5: Um, So, I learned just like work work ethic and stuff. You know, he started a business from the ground, some brothers. And, uh, you know, I just picked up on that. And, you know, I just want to be successful. Um, You know, there's a lot of time and money invested in me being great and uh, you know that's yeah
0: a lot of people might be wondering how does a 17 year old student at Hillfield Strathallan College uh, advance to the world championships uh, bring us uh, that tale
5: oh um, yeah so i, I train with um, the brock wrestling club and uh, we have our own thing uh, here on my compound here so we got two story um, um, training facility with turf turf fields state of the art equipment you know wrestling mats as well up on the second floor um, we bring in partners from the national level and national teams. I train with them. Um, we go to the Brock Wrestling Club where we train with like the varsity teams. And, uh, you know,
0: yeah. Sounds like a lot of training. How do you fit in the school part of it?
5: Um, so I just recently graduated. And, uh, you know, with the school stuff, um, my teacher have been always been supportive. So, like, you know, maybe i am falling back a little bit because of like training and, you know, traveling overseas and stuff. Um, I'm always able to catch up when I get back. Um, You know, Hillfield has been a big part of my life. And, uh, you know, the support staff is just insane. You know, they they support me in in my academic goals and my athletic goals. So it's, it's never been hard to, like, you know, fall back and catch up or anything. So
0: yeah, yeah. It's great to have that support staff for sure. Aman Golacha is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Aman is a budding superstar on the wrestling scene. Is going to be preparing for or is preparing for next month's uh, World Championships in Bulgaria. You have uh, committed to the University of Michigan to partake in their wrestling program. Tell us about that decision. Were there many options out there for you?
5: Um, you know, I never really uh, was looking at, to be honest, to look at the Division One level. When I was in high school, I always thought that I was going to stay in Canada. But then, as soon as grade ten hit, and I ended up winning ASA as a 15-year-old, that's when doors started opening up to me. You know, I become, I won my first national championship, and it's like, oh my God, you know, I I have options to not stay in the country, you know. And that's when I started, you know, coaches started looking out and stuff. And Michigan's always been like home to me because, like, the coaching staff, I know them personally, and I never really looked anywhere else because I believe the coaching staff is already there. You know Kevin Jackson; he's an like Olympic Olympic champion. You know Sean Bormat, you know the Coach of the Year this year for the NCAA, and um, that's why I, I never really, you know, I got some like I got reached out by some other schools, but it's like, I'm I was already locked in once I found out that I can be at the Division One level. I knew Michigan was right there.
0: Yeah, and I was checking out your Instagram page uh, the other day and, uh, you know, photos of you at the big house, uh, you know, in, in the training facilities. This is just a another level of um, uh, experience, training, apparatus, uh, coaching, uh, the whole kit and caboodle at a, a, an even elevated level. Talk about the development that you hope you're going to be able to achieve over the next couple of years here.
5: Yeah, so, um, you know, Michigan's got a great thing going on. Um, they took second at the NCAA tournament this year as a team. Uh, there we got um, – uh, and they got Olympians at the, at the program now, and I'm looking, you know, to train with the best, to be the best. So, you know, they got Jaden Cox, an Olympic bronze medalist training there. You know, the, the coaching staff, you know, Olympic champion. You know, that's what I want to surround myself with, and, you know, being around these people, you know, hanging out with them. I feel like that's that's the path I want to be on to win, you know, Olympic medals and world medals, et cetera, you know?
0: So let's talk about the world championships. They happen next month in Bulgaria. What is your expectation?
5: Um, You know, it's it's my first first time being an under-20 team, like, on the world level. Um, last year, I only did the Pan Ams because I was a bit too young, but, you know, I'm expecting to bring back a medal for our country. Um, you know, it's my first time ever being in the world, world championships. You know, I never got to... Experienced that at the uh, lower age level group because of COVID, but I'm um, excited to get going represent my country and hopefully bring back a medal.
0: What's it like going up against another human being and trying to beat them at this highly <laughs> physical and highly mental sport?
5: Um, You know, I always get nervous. Like, you know, everyone gets nerves because, you know, uh, when you're on the L on that big stage, you walk up on that stage, you know, a lot of pressure on you, like you... You know, pressure is a privilege, right? Um, you know, just going out there, you know, you're trained to, I'm trained to do what I do, right? So after like a lot of process, you know, after you warm up, you know, you get used to it and it just, it just becomes like it's practice, right? I do this every day. Um, it becomes natural, you know, the flow and movement of everything becomes natural um, to an outsider, you know, who's probably watching first time watching, second time watching, you know, it might be like, oh my God, like, how do you do that? But it's like, you know, it becomes easy. You know, you wake up every day and that's what you do. Then, you know, it's basically like a job. Like, you get up, get right to it.
0: Well, you're you're getting to it. That's for sure, Amon. Uh, best of luck at the world. So hopefully we'll see you on the Olympic stage sometime very soon as well. You've already accomplished much and uh, much more to come. Appreciate the time today and good luck.
5: Yeah, thanks, Rick. Bye.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We're hopeful. And over the course of the next two seasons, uh, starting with this season here, that um, that these guys can all push themselves and,
0: and uh, begin to run with the tier us. That is Maple Leafs general manager Kyle Dubas on his team's new goaltending tandem of Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Is it going to work? Well. Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin with you. Yes, NHL free agency opened with a bang yesterday. Several teams made some bold moves to improve their rosters, either through signings or even some trades. Brian Murphy is an NHL content producer at The Sporting News. There's a new article out fresh this morning, eyeballing the 10 best available free agents still unsigned in 2022. Brian, good morning. Welcome back to the show. morning, Rick. Thanks for having me back. Was there one signing or trade yesterday that made you say, whoa? I think I think it was the obvious one,
6: and that's the Johnny Gaudreau to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, this was this this stunned the hockey world. Everyone thought that it was going to be the Devils or the Isles. It seemed like that all day long. And then all of a sudden, coming in at seven o'clock, Yarmo kick a line in and the blue jackets swoop in and win the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes. Uh, and leaving he left a lot of money on the table. Reportedly, around 15 million he left. Uh, deciding not to re-sign with the Calgary Flames. So that was far and beyond the biggest shock to come out a free agency so far.
0: Yeah, Johnny Hockey to Columbus. We know that his wife is pregnant, wanted to be a little closer to home. I guess this is as close as you can get. Even the contract, though, seven years, which is the max that he could assign with another team. But at 9.75 per season, I, I thought he was going to go a little over 10
6: yeah and that's what we thought that he was going to take a hit with the money to be close to the home and you get that it's the personal reasons it's not always a financial reason for signing a big ticket and uh, that's certainly why he was leaving calgary he was not leaving it because they didn't put the best offer on the table they certainly did uh it just seemed clear but that's what made the decision to go to columbus so weird and so shocking was the fact that it seemed like money wasn't a thing and now all of a sudden he's going a little further away from home obviously columbus is a lot closer to south jersey than calgary (laughs) but it's still not home so a very interesting decision one that i thought uh you know could have really gone either way between the devils or the islanders and it turns out it ends up being columbus it's still one of the higher cap hits in the league but if you look at a player who over the last few seasons, I want to say it's six years or something like that. He is the sixth most points out of all players. When you look at that and you look at what other people are making this league, it is a little bit of a lower AAV than I think some people expected.
0: You can check out Brian Murphy's 10 best available free agents online at sportingnews.com. You can also check out Brian's work on Twitter, Brian underscore Murphy 10. Number one on your best available list, no surprise, is Nazem Kadri. What does your gut tell you? Where do you think he's going to end up?
6: It, it really – he hasn't been tied to really any teams. One of the teams that I saw potentially that could bring him in uh, is the Washington Capitals, and that does make some sense, especially with the uh, un, the uncertainty of Nicholas Backstrom going into next season. They've got some cap space for him. Uh, the other team that I'm seeing is the Avs, and the Avs re-signed a lot of their guys. They have a little bit of cap space to work with. If he were to sign with Colorado, he would be taking a pay cut. I don't think he re-signs with the Avs just because he really is due for a payday. And I think you'd be taking a significant cut to stay with the avalanche, but you never know players motivations for him. He knows that he could go there and run it right back with a championship caliber team and win another Stanley cup, possibly in the near future. So I think he goes elsewhere than Colorado where he goes. I am really not totally sure. We'll see. He's certainly taking his time hearing out all team pitches. uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't even hear a decision from him today.
0: Interesting. Uh, The Maple Leafs uh, made some moves and uh, most notably in the crease. They got goalie Matt Murray in a trade a few days ago with Ottawa. Uh, Yesterday they signed uh, free agent Ilya Samsonov while seeing Jack Campbell sign with the Oilers. The question everyone is asking in these parts is, is Toronto's goaltending situation better or worse entering what is going to be yet another make-or-break season? What do you think? Brian, do we still have you? I think we lost Brian. Well, let me answer that question for Brian. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I My gut says it's going to be worse because Matt Murray, as we know, has never played more than 50 games in a season. He hit that mark just once. Ilya Samsonov okay. while being a f- Brian, do we have you back? Yep, sorry about that. Hey, no problem at all. Yeah. I, mean, I was just asking about the Maple Leafs goaltending situation. I think, I think it's going to be worse than it is going to be better. What do you think?
6: Tough, tough way to look at it. I think the tandem of both uh, Murray and Samson.
0: I think we're having a little trouble with Brian's Zoom. That's technology for you, Hank. Hey? Um, But, yeah, Samsonov, Murray, the duo is, you know, in their own rights, they've had some success. Murray's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. He's led the Pittsburgh Penguins to the highest height and dethroning Marc-Andre Fleury in Pittsburgh. Um, Samsonov, uh, 13th overall pick, I think he was, has had some flashes of brilliance with Washington. He's playing for a somewhat similar team, high octane on offense. Um, Yeah, we'll worry about defense kind of later. Yeah, my gut says... it has the potential to be better, but as a Leafs fan, we always expect the worst. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I will say this. I'm a little more comfortable with having Murray and Sam Sonoff as opposed to Jack Campbell and who knows who. Because Campbell has an injury history. We know the Leafs weren't going to resign Jack. In fact, they had, didn't even offer him a contract. And uh, he ended up getting five years, five million per contract. Uh, basically with the Edmonton Oilers. So Toronto, and and, and again, another make-or-break season, if they don't win a playoff round, is the whole gang going to be back again? Uh, For me, the biggest winner on NHL Free Agency Day is Ottawa. You know, they get Claude Giroux. You know, they get that veteran leadership. Uh, A former superstar, you know, he's 34 now, but can still play effectively, especially on special teams. They need some leadership in Ottawa. Getting Cam Talbot, the Caledonia goaltender, they solidify what has been a sore spot for years in net. Trading on draft day for Alex Dabrinkit from Chicago, all big check marks for general manager Pierre Dorian. The big loser, and it's really no fault of their own, is the Calgary Flames, seeing uh, Johnny Goudreau leave and not being uh, really compensated in terms of anything back. That's the nature of free agency. Uh, the most interesting free agent perhaps could be former Maple Leaf Phil Kessel. You know, he's getting on an age, still a pretty good skater, but not the player that he once
1: was. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
5: What these players are doing for, you know, guaranteed money.
0: What is the incentive to practice? What is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt? You're just getting paid a lot of money up front playing a few events and... I just don't see how that that move is is positive in the in the long term. That is Tiger Woods a couple days ago offering his thoughts on the Live Golf Tour, that Saudi Arabian finance tour that has lured several big-name PGA golfers away from that tour with lucrative signing bonuses. And his comments come... As we are now into round one of the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews in Scotland, where a couple of Camerons are atop the leaderboard. Cameron Young, 7-under seven through 17, and Cameron Smith in the clubhouse after shooting a 5-under, 67 in and- Oh, my gosh. Ernie Els is five under through 13 as he turns back the clock. Dundas's Mackenzie Hughes and Listable Ontario's Corey Connors, both in the red. Mackenzie is two under through 12. Connors, one under through 16. Let's head over to Scotland. Chuck Culpepper is a sports reporter with The Washington Post, who is at St. Andrews today. Chuck, good morning, or I guess in your case, good afternoon. How are you?
7: Yeah, good afternoon, I don't know which one to say to, you. Good afternoon <laughs> to me and good morning to you.
0: Uh, what, we, what we will say is you can check out Chuck's uh, column in the Washington Post, WashingtonPost.com. The latest article is at the 150th British Open. History joins a party years in the making. Before we get to the tournament itself, uh, your reaction to Tiger's finger-wagging at the Live Golf Tour and the, and the pros that have gone to that tour?
7: I thought just sitting in there listening to him that what was really interesting about it, what really caught me about it was that he sounded like a statesman. He sounded like he was, it was very calm. If you, the clip, you just played that voice, very calm, very measured. If you read the words, they might seem like sort of incendiary. They didn't, and, and they are in a way, but they didn't sound like that. He just sounded like the, you know, the, oh, he's 46. He sounded 66. And that's a com- I mean, that is a compliment. So it just, he was just so ready for talking about it. He was so you know just measured and statesmanlike in his in his approach. I thought I thought he'd really become a voice for the game at this crucial moment, sort of like Nicholas and Palmer used to be and and <clears throat> and and so I just thought it was interesting in that regard,
0: yeah, he really did well. That is for sure. Um, if Tiger or even Rory McElroy, who's also been outspoken about the Live tour, if they both make the cut. Um, can you imagine the drama if they're paired with one of the live golfers like a Phil Mickelson, a Bryson DeChambeau, a Dustin Johnson? That drama is going to be thick.
7: It is, um, and I, I think what we what we have found that so far. I'll, I'll just refer to the U.S. Open in Boston last month. Is that golf crowds don't heckle that much, except for maybe a few here and there. And um, I think th- I think it'll be in everybody's mind. I'm. And I'm but I'm not sure it'll manifest itself in any noisy way on the course. You know, golf fans, I think, and especially here, seem to appreciate how just viciously hard this game is. And I think they come at it from that from that perspective. So but yeah, as as far as a topic, uh, that would be very loud.
0: Uh, Chuck Culpepper is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 chml Chuck is a sports reporter with the Washington Post who joins us from St Andrews in Scotland as the 150th Open Championship is underway. Tiger's aiming to win Major number 16, uh, his fourth British Open. Uh, he's won twice already, I believe, at the Old Course. Where is his game at right now?
7: I think, I think, given the accident in February of 2021, and then given you know, playing in the Masters and the PGA where he had to do something he loathed doing and stop after three rounds. I think it's in a really good place if you put it in the context of of those two things. At the Masters, I think everyone was kind of in awe that he made the cut, and that shows, you know, a part of that is just knowing that course in his bones so well, and then the same thing is true of this one. So I do not expect him... contend and I don't think most people do maybe make the cut but if he goes and you know and is up there at some point I'm not going to be like shocked and I think if you look at the leaderboard right now it has L's as you mentioned Westwood is on there, Poulter played really well, he's on there Um, John Daly played well for a while today, there's a lot of guys with some age on them who can benefit from the way these fairways are so firm and you can run the ball you know and so I think, I think if he does contend, it's it's going to be that's going to be loud. But I, it will not be like the biggest shock.
0: Yeah, I'd be with you in that uh, in that case because he's uh, he's surprised us and entertained us for years, and nothing really would be surprising. Chuck, we got to run. Thank you for your time today, and enjoy the Open Championship.